0: Assalamualaikum and welcome to another edition of Pathway to Peace, where we like to take an analytical look at how we can achieve peace, whether that be political peace, economic peace, societal peace, or perhaps the most important of them all, inner peace. In today's show, we are talking about how we work together in a society. How do we work together when we have differing views on some things? On some issues, we have the same views. Solidarity is a novel and interesting idea. When we see the suffering of those around us, it is a natural and human instinct to help and support others. But what rules and guidelines apply to fulfilling this act? How can we show solidarity and who should we show solidarity to? How do we make judgments about allegiances in times where it may be illegal, dangerous or risky to do so? While the attacks on Gaza by Israel continue, many people have taken sides to feel solidarity with one group or the other. How do we show this solidarity in these situations? And does it even make a difference? To discuss this and other related issues, I have with me today, Dr. Alia Khan, who is a GP and mother of one, and Mrs. Reem Shraiki, who is a life devotee and a mother of three. Welcome to you both today. thank
1: you.
0: What is the concept of solidarity and how do we show each other that we are in solidarity with others? Alia, can I start with you?
1: So Shazia, I looked up the definition of solidarity and in the Oxford Language Dictionary, this is described or defined as a unity or agreement of feelings, especially um, among individuals with a common interest or mutual support within a group and where they may take action as well. Solidarity can also be demonstrated um, politically or socially, for example, and um My reference here was Wiki- Wikipedia, which says that solidarity creates psychological unity and we create solidarity when we sort of gravitate towards groups of people who think or believe as we do. And so as a result, solidarity gives us emotional support and companionship when we connect with like minded people. So, um, showing or demonstrating solidarity could be visible, right, to others, such as wearing a particular color or badge or ribbon to display allegiance to a cause or support of a political party or by, um, taking collective action, such as, you know, if, um, people participate in protests together or they lobby lawmakers against an act of, for example, injustice and, um, An interesting uh, meaning of solidarity also um, is that it means to see and accept others as our neighbours, to be determined and committed to the common good and to remember we are responsible for each other as one big family, so quite a selfless definition there as well. And interestingly, I did a little bit more digging, the history of solidarity is related to sociology. Um, and sociology is defined as the study of structure, function, and development of human society. And the Frenchman Auguste Comte, I'm sure I've said his name wrong, Mm -hmm. the so-called founder of sociology, adopted this concept in the sense of social interdependence between people, so how they just sort of depend on each other. They'll do it more if they identify with them. And um, Comte then linked solidarity to the concept of altruism, um, or the greater good, as opposed to egoism, which is only thinking of oneself. Right. So instead of emphasizing the individual, um, altruism emphasizes common responsibility and solidarity. And this leads to the concept then of fraternity, which obviously we know, um, that they, uh, think highly of in, in France, don't they? There's the, um, motto. I'm going to speak my bad French again <laughs> liberte, freedom, égalite, uh, equality or fraternite fraternity or brotherhood um, and all meaning that it work all of this um, works together for the common good.
0: I mean it's interesting isn't it this this um, idea of um, in a way it's a bit like tribalism isn't it that you yeah. stick to the the people that, that you, you know have most in common with
1: absolutely um,
0: which you know could be in the form of you know national nationalism or even exactly. the support of a particular football club yeah. um that you're all together supporting supporting one one team as it were um so this this concept of solidarity um if there are a concept in world religions i mean we all believe that all religions are from god Um mm-hmm. and so if there is a concept of solidarity in one religion there must be the same kind of concept in all religion um is that the case room can you give us some examples of that right no, no,
2: uh, you know first of all i want to say that solidarity from the context of religion often refers to a sense of unity and the mutual support and love among believers, mm-hmm. and it fosters a sense of community and cooperation within the religious groups. Mm-hmm. So I would take Christianity, for example, in the Bible, uh, John 4 to seven sixteen, we read, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Also, we read in John 13, uh, 34, um, you know, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So it's a beautiful message that encourages us to love one another, and it is a reminder that love is a powerful force that can bring people together and create a better world.
0: And it's interesting here, it doesn't say just Christians or just the same, you know, you, you love only your own people. Yeah. Um, and, it, and, and obviously it says because God has created everyone and God has created love, exactly. we should then love everyone. There isn't this system of you should only love your own people. Yes. Um, yes. which is a really kind of nice concept, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Alia, you know, in other, as we, as I said earlier, there, there must be the same concept in other world religions. Have you got any examples of that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Hinduism, for example, has many different sects, but some Hindu uh, leaders believe that a mutual Hindu um, front based on the eternal laws of dharma will be a potent and social and political force. And as different Hindus often have very different beliefs, um, the uh, Guru Deva, Satguru Sivaya, subramunian swami observed it is not uniformity or sameness that we seek so plurality's fine he's saying here it is sol- solidarity individuals coming together for common purpose uh, purposes celebrating their differences and pursuing their unique ways not denying them or trying to restrain or even destroy them so i guess um a good definition is sol- solidarity is in diversity as well and then if we look at the um sikhism a uh, sikh religion sikhism the sikh concept of solidarity is based on the principle of sarbat da bhala i'm sorry if i am my punjabi is not very strong either this is a very testing program for me i'm afraid <laughs> which which means achha, okay now i think i understand sarbat da bhala which means the welfare of all bhala means the welfare sikhs believe that they should respect the equal Rights of all people, regardless of their rank, gender, caste, um, class, color or creed. They're very strong, um, in that, I know. Mm-hmm. They also believe in sharing their worldly belongings and knowledge with others, especially those in need and performing altruistic services for the benefit of all humanity. And we know their, um, word for that is siva. So service, literally, um, you know, that everybody in, um, the Sikh religion who follows the Sikh religion will be very involved with. And I just wanted to add to what um, Reem was saying about uh, the Christians, that in Jesus's high priestly prayer, he asked that his followers would demonstrate solidarity to the world. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. And he's talking to God here, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. And that is from the book of John in the New Testament christian um solidarity and love for one another demonstrates god's love to the world and this is what reem was saying as well
0: so exactly as we we said earlier because you know we we all believe that that all religions have come from god it's very similar mm. um, teachings in in all the religions um and, and as you would expect there to be um, if yeah. if all the religions have come from god that's um, right so and as i said Uh, You know, if there's a concept of solidarity in in all the religions, then they must be the same in Islam. Um, Reem, is that right, isn't it?
2: (laughs) Yes, of course. You know, in Islam, for example, the holy prophet of Islam, Muhammad, peace and the blessings of Allah, be upon him, said, help your brother, whether he is an oppressor or he is the oppressed. So he was asked, it is right to help him if he is oppressed, but how could we help him Mm. if he is an oppressor? So he replied by preventing him from oppressing others. So... It is not just the duty of a Muslim to treat others as they would want to be treated, but also to have compassion on those oppressed and help them win their freedom and oppression and uh, uh, from oppression, and without them even having mm-hmm. to ask, and also to help the oppressed by rescuing him from oppression. And uh, there is also another, uh, you know, uh, narration from the Holy Prophet, which I think showing the highest standard of solidarity and the importance of sharing and helping those in need. So one of the companion of the Holy Prophet, whose name is Abu Sa'id al-Khudari, reported that the Holy Prophet stated, he who has an extra mount should give it to the one who has no mount. So if you have two cars, you have to give one of your cars to someone who has no car. And he who has an extra provision Mm -hmm. should give it to him who has none. Mm -hmm. And he made mention, so this companion is saying that the Holy Prophet made mention of so many kinds of wealth until we were of the opinion that none of us has any right over anything extra. Mm -hmm. And we read also from the Holy Prophet that the similitude of believers in regard of mutual love, affection, fellow feeling is that of one body when any limb, of it aches, the whole body aches because of sleep uh, sleeplessness and uh, fever. Mm-hmm. And he also stated that a Muslim is a brother of a Muslim of another Muslim. He neither wrongs him nor does hand him over to one who does not who does uh, him wrong. If anyone fulfills his brother's needs, Allah will fulfill his needs. If uh, uh, and also if one relieves a Muslim of his troubles. Allah will relieve his troubles on the Day of Judgment. And if anyone covers up a sin of a Muslim, Allah will cover up his sins uh, on the Day of Judgment. And I want to mention also the word Muslim in Arabic language, because of course these narrations are in Arabic. The word Muslim, it does not necessarily to be the Muslim who's following the religion of Islam, but also it means the peaceful person, the peaceful uh, neighbor, the peaceful whatever in the society. So this is a reminder of the importance of compassion, kindness, and the brotherhood in Islam. And we read also the similar uh, instructions in the Holy Quran. So about the believers, we read that they are tender among themselves. So all the believers are loving and kind towards each other. And the Holy Quran also stated, and help one another in in righteousness and piety, but help not one another in sin and transgression. So this verse encourages people to help each other in doing good deeds and avoid bad deeds and not to help each other in committing sins or transgressions.
0: I mean, I think that for me, what what struck me in that is that, you know, you have sleeplessness when you um, see the suffering of others. And I definitely feel that, you know, when we we see um, other people suffering in all sorts of places in the world, you know, and that. This
2: is, you know, Shazia. This yeah. is how the Holy Quran described the Holy Prophet. That mm. are you going to yes. kill yourself for the yes. pain of others? Yes. You know, out yes. of pain for others. So this is how the Holy Prophet was. Out mm. of pain, he was not able even to to sleep because he was crying in front of Allah that <laughs> uh, those people will be guided and will be saved.
1: Hmm. and you know you made mention um as well uh reem first of all i'm i learned so many things when i was listening to you but first you said so many kinds of wealth until we were of the opinion that none of us has any right over anything extra and i immediately thought of the saying of the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him that he said that we should give um sadhka, or we should you know give charity even right. if it's a smile That is a charity. So that is an extra thing that you can give to someone else. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, when you smile at someone, it dissipates tension, it diffuses all bad feeling, doesn't it? So actually, you are then expressing your love because it makes Allah happy, right? Right. And
0: that's even if you you can't even share a language with them, you might not share a language, but you can still smile at somebody. It's such a nice... And you it wouldn't is. think that a smile is a form of charity, but it's this, but it, really it then is. catches and on, also, doesn't it? You smile
2: to one person. The, the good
1: word spread. also. In another narration, yes. the Holy Prophet said, yes. the good word is a charity as well. Mm. Yes. Yes. So cheerfully greeting someone, sending peace on them. All of these things are seen right. as, you know, um, uh, giving charity or, or sharing mm. some of your wealth, right? Mm. That right. you have this wealth that you can wish peace on somebody. And so you should do that. Right. And so, you know, we've given that
0: example of, of how we can show solidarity even by a smile. Um, but, you know, and as I said in the introduction, as humans, if, if I see someone suffering, I want to help them, want to do what I can to show my support for them. What can I do as a Muslim apart from smile? um, Reem, what else can I do as a Muslim to help somebody else?
2: Yeah, You know, as we are speaking about charity, I will continue speaking about charity. But before that, something came to my mind. You know that um, there is a Hadith Qudsi, which is the words of Allah narrated by the Holy Prophet. And he said that Allah, the day of judgment, will ask someone that I was sick, but you did not visit Mm -hmm. me. And then that person will tell him, oh, Allah, you are the Lord of the world, how you were sick. And how i could visit you he said that servant of mine was sick but you did not visit him Mm -hmm. and then he will tell him i was hungry you did not feed me and again he will ask how and he said that person that servant of mine was hungry and you did not feed him and so on and so on so to that level we have to think about others and you know to give whatever is in in our hands even if it is a visit to pay a visit And of course, uh, back to charity, it is a cornerstone of Islamic teachings. So uh, there are two kinds of charities in Islam, the obligatory one and the voluntary one. The obligatory charity is called zakat, or we say in English, alms, (laughs) and the voluntary one is sadaqah. Zakat uh, takes the form of a prescribed contribution based on a person's wealth and income. And the rate of contribution varies with the kind of property owned, but uh, on average, it works out uh, to two and one half percent of the total value. And the proceeds of zakat are supposed to be devoted towards uh, relieving poverty and distress, helping those in debt, uh, providing comfort and convenience for travelers, providing uh, stipends uh, for scholarships. Uh, providing ran- ransom for prisoners of war, propagating uh, Islam and meeting the expenses of the collection of zakat and other things which are beneficial for the society. So zakat is a duty enjoined by Allah in the interest of the society as a whole, while one, um, on one hand, these charitable contributions provide for the needs of the society. So whether they are Muslims or non muslim we are speaking about Muslim state. So the zakat should go to anyone who is in need, whether he's Muslim or not. And on the other hand, the act of giving in the name of Allah purifies the heart of the contributor from selfishness and the greed.
0: I mean, it's a bit like a welfare state, isn't it? It's the state, it's the kind of beginnings of a welfare state mm-hmm. that, that right. the state should provide um, those people that are more wealthy should pay a kind of tax. Um, and the state should use that tax to help those that are in need. It, it, it's right. the same system, isn't it? Yes. i mean some people change their lifestyles in solidarity with others and um you know does that make any difference for example i've heard about a, a something called the russian challenge where mm. for a week people eat the same as a syrian refugee living in a camp in jordan mm. based on food packs distributed by um their local partner organization they raise money doing so i mean why not just donate the money or raise the money in a different way what what do you think for that
2: You know, we should treat others as equals and we have to remember that we are all one and created by one creator who is Allah Almighty. So we need to take time to listen to each other and to what others are going through until we know what someone else is going through and how we can show solidarity to them or with uh, them. So we can help those in uh, vulnerable situations um, in whatever way we can. we can show solidarity by changing our lifestyles to try to see how others live. And we should remember also that some people don't have access to clean water, for example, like here in the UK. So uh, we we don't have only clean drinking water, but we have it 24 hours, we have access to it. So, uh, and this is what the Holy Prophet even said, that even if we live near a running stream, we should not waste water. So we can try not to waste water by taking shorter showers. Uh, uh, you know, not leaving the tap running while we brush our teeth. And this is as well one of the teachings of Islam, as as I mentioned.
0: Um and well, you know, to get close to Allah we fast, but we also fast to understand what people go through when they don't have many money for the regular meals. Um, is that right, Al- Alia?
1: Yes, um, absolutely, um, Shazia. And, you know, fasting reminds us what people go through when they're not as fortunate as us, just as Sister Eam was saying. And I think also reminds us of the debt of gratitude that we owe to God. So absolutely can make a difference to us ourselves. If we we walk a mile in a man's shoes, that's the only way we'll truly know him. I agree.
0: The past couple of years, and we've gone through the international COVID-19 pandemic, and we saw examples of solidarity throughout different societies. Um, You know, I know that I can vouch for the neighborliness that I experienced and close neighbors and friends and people that live further away. When me and my husband tested positive for Covid, we had many different friends and neighbors offering to do our shopping, ordering us food, sending games and puzzles to keep the children entertained. Mm -hmm. And I even had a friend send me a huge box of Lego for my son from the other side of the country. So, you know, what what other examples are there of people showing solidarity during the COVID-19 pandemic? Reem. Yeah, you know,
2: I think what you passed through every one of us, uh, you know, passed mm-hmm. through uh, the same the, th- the same thing and we really see the unity of mm-hmm. the neighborhood and the community and it was really a very loving time at 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 the same time, it was painful, but at the same time, it was showing how lovely our neighborhood is. So we have also example of recognizing common values. So Mm -hmm. uh, and Islam admits the principle of absolute equality because, you know, our Lord is one and we are all created from dust. So that's why we are one and no one is superior to any uh, other except in righteousness and good deeds. And uh, we can have example also of facing a common threat. So I can speak here about the Charter of Medina. So yeah. what is this? Uh, when the Holy Prophet arrived in the city of Medina, it was generally felt that he was the most appropriate person to take, to take on the responsibility of administrating the affairs of the city. So under his direction, a covenant was drawn up which was accepted by all the inhabitants of the city of Medina who were Muslims, idolaters and Jews. A uh, Common citizenship of uh, Medina was established and conditions were prescribed for the regulation of the affairs of the town, as well as for organizing its uh, internal order and external security. The principal conditions were that the internal affairs of each section would be regulated according to its own laws and customs, but that if the security of Medina were threatened from outside, all sections mm. would cooperate with each other in its defense. No section would enter into any separate treaty relations with any outside the tribe, nor would any section be compelled to join in any fighting which should take a place outside a Medina. And the final uh, determination of disputes would be referred to the Holy Prophet and his decision would be accepted and carried out. And this is, as I said, known as the Charter of Medina, which is Mm -hmm. the first human rights charter in the history of human mankind. So that was the state of uh, Medina uh, uh, at, at that time. So even though the people in Medina may not all have the same beliefs, they mm-hmm. came together in solidarity for each other and for the defense of their city.
0: I mean that for me is so interesting because it's people of different beliefs and customs, but coming together for the good of the place they live. It's it's multiculturalism, isn't it? In the in, in initial, mm-hmm. um, and you know, as we know, people working in the medical profession. Um, they always worked very hard but pandemic (laughs) was more than has ever been done before Mm, Um, and the rest of us we appreciated how hard you were working um, and we we tried to show some appreciation and Alia you as a, a GP how did you feel about that
1: yeah, I, I remember that it was it was it Thursday or something Thursday, Thursday evening, Thursday eight, o'clock. eight <laughs> o'clock in the evening, everybody would clap for the NHS. And I think, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was clapping there, too, for all my colleagues who were who were really doing the very, very important work of helping people with COVID in hospitals um, and, you know, suffering from COVID themselves, often spending time away from their families and that sort of thing. And I remember there was one movement that was started during the pandemic called NHS volunteers volunteers, like we people could sign up for specific, I mean, obviously, on the, the hospitals, et cetera, they have their own volunteer organizations, but this was specifically to help people in the pandemic get their, um, uh, prescriptions for them you know etc mm. and that still is thriving to this day which i think is a really great legacy left over from the pandemic you know that people did come together to do good and um one of my friends told me you were talking about neighborly neighborliness um shazi and one of my friends was telling me that uh, they started up a whatsapp group she didn't used to really know her neighbors but mm. during the pandemic they started up a whatsapp group and it's still going to this day mm. because there are some frail and elderly neighbors that she has and everybody else pit- which is in does their shopping for them that kind of thing so i think yeah it was an opportunity to, for people to show solidarity um to forget about themselves a little and do some selfless acts um and certainly our um community which is the Ahmadiyya muslim community and we believe in the promised messiah um his holiness mirza Ghulam ahmed as the promised messiah after, um, as foretold by the holy prophet um of islam and who came uh, to serve the world um we also served humanity in various ways during the pandemic um We sewed masks we um also uh, prepared p p e items for um people to use. We sewed medical scrubs for people to wear. Um, I know that my own, um, uh, organization and locally we sewed many laundry bags. I remember my, my daughter got involved with that too, preparing food for key workers. You know, they didn't, they could, didn't even have time to go and, and eat. And so people prepared food for them. Um, and, um, our mosques were also converted into vaccination hubs for the public. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember also, um, children and adults taking advantage of online classings or online classes all provided free of charge. Now, on the other hand, we also saw some very selfish acts, you know, shops ran out of food and toilet paper because people were just hoarding things. They didn't follow the rules for isolation or social distancing or lockdowns. And sadly, including the government and MPs for which there was an extensive COVID inquiry recently, wasn't there? People mm. didn't want to get vaccinated and knowingly spread misinformation. Um, at one of the vaccine centers that I worked um, people stole they used up vaccine wow. um, vials and then <laughs> filled them with water and sold them on the black market so yeah there was there were some people who um, did evil but I mm. think um, it was far outweighed by the people who did a lot of good
0: and I think what people realize is that it's all very well having having friends but your friends aren't right nearby you so they can't mm. get to you in the case like exactly. this whereas actually yeah. your neighbors who are right there they're the ones exactly. that can provide the support for you at that time yeah. and so that was it was yeah. a really interesting thing we, we realized how much we need yeah. our neighbors
1: absolutely
0: um so as the world has become a global village and we have 24-hour news channels um we can see on social media minute by minute how other people are living and we can see what they are going through So how can we show solidarity to people who are going to see something on the other side of the world? For example, if there's a natural disaster going on in another part of the world, how do we show solidarity to those people, Reem?
2: You know, I um, will mention um, our caliph, the spiritual head of Ahmadiyya Muslim community, you know, he always instructs us that we have to support those who are facing injustices and by talking about it and highlighting it to others who are in power, who can do something. And also we have to show sympathy and uh, to ha- we have to pray for those who are affected. And uh, he also advised us to raise funds to help uh, mm-hmm. aid uh, the people in need and purchasing food, clothes, uh, shelter, and essential items in times uh, of need And we have also to encourage others to donate to such a cause. And this is what our community is doing. For example, in Africa, we are opening schools. We are um, uh, having uh, wells of water. So because we know that those people in remote villages in Africa, they are in extreme need. So we are always there for them.
0: Alia, what do you think? I mean, if there's a war Mm. or people are being oppressed in another part of the world, how do we show solidarity to those people?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think that there are many things that we can do. And, you know, there was something you said about um, your neighbours being next door to you. And so, you know, why not? Um, help them or, or get them to help you. But yes, those people who are far away from us and they're feeling isolated and perhaps they feel helpless and that they can't call on anyone to help. There are so many things that we can do, even if we are far away from them. And one of the things is that we can, living in a democracy, we can write to our lawmakers of our, of the land to encourage them to send aid at an international level, you know, send aid to the people who deserve it, um, to that country and to support ending the war, calling for a ceasefire. Um, We also are very fortunate at the Ahmadiyya Muslim community that we have um, a humanitarian um, response uh, arm called Humanity First. This um, is a service that mobilizes very quickly to help with natural disasters and in areas of conflict. They, They put themselves in danger to deliver aid to people who are displaced and they're in need. And then, as Reem was saying, as per the instructions of His Holiness Mirza Masroor Ahmad, our caliph and um, spiritual leader of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, um, we are encouraged to pray for those um, who are in need en masse um, and pray for Allah's mercy on all innocent people who are caught up in conflict.
0: And and may Allah relieve those people of their their troubles. Amen. Amen. This is Pathway to Peace for the Voice of Islam radio station and as you're aware today we are discussing solidarity. So moving on a little bit, is unity the same as solidarity? Do you have to have the same beliefs as another to feel solidarity with them? And can you feel solidarity while having differing differing opinions? Um, Alia, what do you think?
1: You know, I was thinking about this Shazia and um, just during the programme as well and I think that if we think about unity, then, you know, I mentioned, um, the promised messiah, his holiness, um, Mirza Ghulam Ahmad on whom be peace. And, um, I was talking about how he came to serve humanity and he also came to unite all religions, all people under the flag of Islam, um, and, you know, present the true version of Islam to the world, um, and establish that the Holy Prophet was indeed the true, um, final law-bearing prophet, um, on earth. So, um, I think that's unity, where we will all be united for a common cause and, and, um, you know, we have we recognise one leader, just as we do in our caliph His Holiness Mirza Musrur Ahmed, uh, may Allah be his helper that we are all united under that leader, and then I was thinking of sort of countries as well, you know like the United States of America even though each state may differ with state laws and, um, you know the way they do things day to day, actually they're all united under one one flag and one leader and the united kingdom is the same we are four countries actually we've been devolved haven't we and we mm. have our own um ways of um passing laws etc but actually we have one prime minister um and so unity i think is a little bit deeper than solidarity solidarity may mean that you don't agree on everything but there's one thing that you would do you uh, do agree you do agree on like you said you know everybody who supports the same football team they all agree that that football team is the best but they may <laughs> not follow the same you know um other philosophical uh you know arguments like they they may be completely different so going back to the to the beginning when I was talking about definitions and I said that solidarity is um unity or agreement of feeling or action especially among ind- individuals with a common interest um whereas unity if you look at the definition of that it is the state of being united or joined as a whole so it's not just one bit that you should agree or join on it's everything so i think unity basically goes further than solidarity mm-hmm.
0: And we are Ahmadi Muslims who have accepted the promised Messiah, peace be upon him. Mm. And so we look to the writings of the promised Messiah. And is there anything in his writings about solidarity, alia
1: yeah, and this is a really nice paragraph that I found um that the promised Messiah on whom be peace has written in his book Noah's Ark about unity and solidarity among his community. And, you know, through his words, you can really feel the importance he gives to giving up all that feeds the ego and instead submitting to God and serving his creation with humility and peace. The emotion he puts into it and the concern he feels for his community is really overwhelming. And I'm going to actually read... Directly from it, the English translation of um, a paragraph from that book. And I quote, If you want that God should be pleased with you in heaven, unite and be one like two brothers of the same mother. Nobler is he among you who forgives the sins of his brother more than others, and doomed is he who is stubborn and does not forgive. He has nothing in common with me. Live in fear, lest you be cursed by God. He is holy, and he is a jealous guardian over the honour of his beloved ones. The wicked cannot attain his nearness, the arrogant cannot attain his nearness, nor can the tyrant, nor the one who breaks trust. Nor can he, who is not ready to lay down everything for the honour of his name, of God's name, nor those who fall to the pleasures of the world like dogs and ants and vultures, and who are comfortable with the luxuries of the world. Each unchaste eye is remote from him, each impure heart knows him not. Those who remain in agony for his cause will be delivered from the fire of hell. He who weeps for him will laugh at last, and he who breaks away from the world for his sake will meet him. Be Allah's friend with all your heart, in all sincerity, gaining his nearness with ever-growing zeal. Be kind to your subordinates to your wives and to your less fortunate brothers, so that you may be shown kindness in heaven. Become truly his so that he may belong to you. And that's from uh, Noah's Ark um, in the compilation of the Promised Messiah's book, um, volume 19, pages 12 and 13.
0: I mean, it's, it's very powerful, isn't it? And it's very emotional to hear that, that yeah. You know that's the way to gain that brotherhood is to if you're close relationship with God absolutely. because when you want yeah. to please God um you will automatically have that sympathy for your your fellow beings.
1: Absolutely and you know yes and if you have submitted to God then anything that you will do will result you know in in anything that you do for the love of God then absolutely it one of those things must be that you love his creation.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, Islam has a concept of a Khilafat, of Caliphate, um, and Islam Ahmadiyyad is the only Islamic organization that has a Khalifa. So Mm -hmm. how does the Khalifa promote solidarity and or unity in a multicultural world with diverse populations? How do Mm -hmm. we maintain diversity
2: and then link that to Khilafat? Reem? Yeah, first of all, I have to mention that Khilafat is not a political uh, function, you know. It is Mm. a rightly guided khilafat, which it means it's coming after prophethood. That's why our khilafat in Ahmadiyya Muslim community was established after the Mm. promised Messiah who was appointed by Allah as the promised Messiah and the Imam Mahdi, the guided one. And it is the most important institution after the prophethood. So that's why we are swearing allegiance to the khalifa of the time. Like we are swearing allegiance to the prophet when he is coming. So in swear, when we are swearing allegiance, we, ha- we are submitting ourselves, our will to Allah the Almighty, mm. and we are united under the leadership of the Khalifa of the time. So we say in Islam, we hear and obey. So whatever the Khalifa of the time is instructing us, all of us are uh, you know, following what he is saying, because he is always telling us or instructing us in accordance to the teachings of the Holy Quran and the Uh, teachings of the holy prophet Muhammad peace and the Mm blessings of Allah be upon him so that's why we are obedient to him and submitting ourselves to the will of God under the uh, leadership Mm -hmm. of the khalifa of the time so by this we are fulfilling the rights of God and also we are fulfilling the rights of his creation which leads to unity so there is no cultural divide here so we are Three of us, for example, we are from different (laughs) backgrounds. Yes. But three of us and millions of other uh, Ahmadi Muslims, we are united as brothers and sisters, as the Holy Quran is saying that the believers are brothers and sisters because of the one leader, because we are united under the Khilafat, under the Khalifa of the time. We are all feeling that we are belonging to the same family and we set aside all of our cultural differences because we are united with our faith and with the unity of the Khilafat. So this um this is very important uh, for us as Ahmadi Muslims. That's why we are in constant um relationship with the khalifa of the time and we write for him uh, you know uh, letters, we watch his um, activities on uh, uh you know uh, through our channel MTA and also we watch his Friday sermons on we week- on every Friday And this is an opportunity to maintain contact with the Khalifa and uh, to benefit from his wisdom and advice.
0: I mean, I know that when I have visited other countries, and I always try to meet members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Mm. community in that country, you know, we've uh, visited the most amazing places. But the place I feel most at home is with members of our own community in that country, even though I might not even be able to speak to the same languages of them. But I feel unity with them, as I know they have the same feelings towards the promised Messiah, towards Khalafah, and towards that that community that we all belong to. Um, And therefore, we have that sense of unity.
1: Absolutely, Charles. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I really, um, identify with your statement about meeting people from other cultures who have mm. also done birth and are in <clears throat> the same community as you. I think that that is such a strong bond, you know, exactly like, um, the promised messiah on whom be peace has written that you should be like brothers from the same mother. So mm. your, uh, Reem's point about being from different cultures, it means nothing if you are Ahmadi Muslim, right? So that is the best way to show solidarity or unity, whatever you want to call it, um, by being united in the same faith. It's true.
0: I mean, some people feel that protesting and marching and boycotts are a way of showing solidarity. Uh, What does Islam say about protests and marching and boycotting products? And how does this show solidarity for a cause?
2: You know, in relation to protest, uh, the caliph, Hadrat Mirza Masur Ahmed, may Allah be his helper, asked, uh, answered this question uh, where uh, someone from Canada asked him. It was on 12 of December 21. He said, if there is a guarantee that it is to be a peaceful protest and it will not eventually turn into looting and disorder, then you can take part. At the time of the second Caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, there was a protest in support of the Kashmiri Muslims, and he gave permission to partake in that, and Ahmadiyya Muslims did take part. So if it is to be a peaceful protest and no disorder is caused, and the nation's uh, properties are not damaged, and it is done whilst remaining within the confines of the law, then it is permissible. This is what His Holiness said. And what about
0: boycotts to show solidarity with the people of Gaza? I know that there was an anti-apartheid movement in relation to South Africa, which was actually set up in 1959 to persuade shoppers to boycott apartheid goods. And it invoked um, uh, Chief Albert Luthuli's appeal for an international boycott of South African products. Mm. And for 35 years, the consumer boycott was at the heart of the anti-apartheid campaigns. And hundreds of thousands of people who may never attended a meeting or demonstration showed their opposition to apartheid by refusing to buy goods from South Africa. Um, Boycotting uh, South African fruit and other products was something that people felt they could do, and it was only lifted in September 1993, so it was 35 years. Um, And it is said that the boycotts and sanctions helped rid South Africa of the apartheid regime, although obviously it was not the only factor um, that, that worked um so alia what do you think of boycott, boycotts and people saying that they can show solidarity to to people mm. in gaza by boycotting israeli mm. products
1: absolutely i know that um you know, there is, I can't remember the initials of this movement, but there's a yes. list that you can see online, isn't there? That yes, um, yes, lists yes. all these companies. And that I think has a lot of political power because, um, for example, some fast food chains, which I'm not going to name, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, <laughs> they have, they have had to come out publicly and say, Oh, no, we, we are not supporting, um, the, 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 the bombings. So, yeah. Yes. The bombings and the, you know, the attacks on, on Gaza. Um, so there may be some political, um, force that can be, um, you know, uh, that can result from, uh, from from boycotting um, Israeli products. And I happened to come across a video of um, the fourth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, um, His Holiness Mirza Tahir Ahmed, on whom be mercy. Um, he once answered a, a question on bo- boycotting exactly that, Israeli products, and explained that to the extent that we can, we should do this, but it would be so difficult to know everything or every company that ever had bought things from Israel and then sold mm. them to us and he also warned us, which I thought was very wise, that in trying to show solidarity with Muslims subjected to unjust, so-called injustices by Israel, we ourselves should not start to eat, um, haram or unlawful food, um, and instead shun their kosher food, which is lawful for us in Islam. And I immediately thought of a saying, we don't, we should not cut off our nose despite our face. Mm-hmm. You know, our priority, right, is we should, we are, uh, we are Muslims and we follow the rules of Islam. So if possible, yes, we should boycott other things which are produced in Israel and um, allegedly fund the mistreatment of Muslims. But at first, um, our loyalty is to um, Allah and Islam. So we should show solidarity with Islam first. Um, And, you know, it may show show solidarity um, to boycott things from countries that we allege are doing, um, are mistreating others. but it shouldn't harm our own level of faith. I think that's, that's the main uh, point to make here. But in terms of economic uh, pressure, I think there was a more recent question, um, that Sister Reem had mentioned before, um, where, um, uh, members of the community had asked the fifth caliph if, um, boycotting French or Western uh, products because of, again, their alleged mistreatment of Muslims, um, is it likely to have any sort of significant um, effect? And um, His Holiness, the 5th Caliph, the current Caliph and uh, spiritual leader of Ahmadiyya Muslim um, community stated that in terms of economic pressure, the truth remains that boycotting French or Western products or other similar measures are unlikely to have any significant or lasting effect. And given the reality. Of today's sort of interconnected geopolitics where everything is crossing over anyway, free trade, etc. It's not realistic for such uh, boycotts or embargoes to be sustained or widespread. And, you know, m- millions of Muslims like us live in the West, and it's simply not possible for us to participate to such an extent that it would make an effect. Um, mm. and, and really, the call to boycott French products in those days was an emotional response rather than a rational one. And furthermore, Muslims should not partake in protests that hurt their nation's Prosperity. So if you're living in a country and then you are not buying the local produce, actually what, you know, you may be harming the nation, your own nation's prosperity. You may be harming the environment if you're going to instead buy food that comes from very far away, you know, and then actually is that, um, common sense at all? I think it's a I mean, difficult. Yeah. Oh sorry, go ahead. No no. It's a ahead. difficult one, isn't it? I yeah, mean, you're right, it's, it's a really difficult is. one. It's really, really difficult. And and you know when I was thinking about the protests as well, I had exactly the same thoughts as what um what Reem was saying that yes, you know, um if you are sure that you know who the organizers of a peaceful protest are and you are sure that um you know no property will get damaged, then okay, but actually do you remember I can't remember the name of the group that protested against oil, Um, Mm. you know, and they were causing problems to the extent that ambulances couldn't get to get through conflict, yeah yes. right and you know um people couldn't take their children to hospital who were uh, needed appointments they couldn't get to work they couldn't get to school so that you know must have damaged um people So
0: highlighting your
1: own yeah. problems but
0: causing yeah. further damage to others. to others absolutely. what is the point
1: absolutely mm. the, i just didn't see the common sense in that and i guess they did get the headlines didn't they they did grab mm. the attention of the media and maybe that was their aim you know, maybe mm. actually they didn't want anything else. I don't know. But yes, it it caused um, this negative reaction amongst the public and made them resent the protesters. So yeah. actually, was it really worth it in the end? I don't know.
0: I mean, I think personally, we should be buying more ethically mm. and from companies mm. who have a viewpoint, which is more ethical, mm. rather than boycotting certain yeah. companies, we should look to buy from yeah. companies. Which have an ethos which is in line with our beliefs. For example, mm. you know, buying those products which have a fair trade sticker, mm. um, and fair trade certification is awarded to products that match a number of ethical criteria, um, and and that is better. And those mm. companies are all independently audited, so you can trust that that they are all, um, you know, working ethically. Mm. Um, Reem, what do you think?
2: You know, I, it reminds me of the time of the Holy Prophet uh, Muhammad, peace and the blessings of Allah be upon him. This actually was the behavior of the non-believers. So the Meccans boycotted the Muslims and besieged them in the valley of Abu Talib for almost three years. And this was, you know, of course, tough time for the Muslims Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, they were uh, uh, not, no no Meccan was uh, buying or selling the Muslims any product. And it Mm -hmm. caused immense hardship for the Muslims. Mm -hmm. But look on the other side what the Holy Prophet did. You know, after the Battle of Uhud, the Meccans were afflicted with a severe famine famine. and when the Holy Prophet learned about this uh, matter, he raised a relief fund and sent it to the Meccans who are his enemies, who are Mm -hmm. oppressing him and oppressing his uh, followers and uh, killing them day and night and attacking the Medina, but Mm -hmm. still he sent them aid and he, uh, you know, at the time of their hardship. And of course, he wanted to show solidarity with them and to help them to get out of this uh, affliction, despite the fact that this uh, generosity did not change uh, their hostility, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So we as Muslims should not be the cause of hardship to others, whatever they are doing to us. For Mm -hmm. example, in Pakistan, we are not allowed to, uh, you know, uh, to worship Allah as we want, we are not allowed to yes. uh, call our mosques mosques and so many other things that uh, so many also shops are openly having signs saying that Ahmadi Muslims, of course, they are not calling us Ahmadi Muslims, <laughs> they are calling us Qadianis, that yes. they are not allowed to enter their shops and so on. <laughs> so what if something uh, happened to uh, Pakistan? Mm-hmm. Are we dealing the same with them? Of course not. And mm-hmm. this is what happened, for example, um, during the earthquake which hit Pakistan some years ago? So our volunteers and our charity organization, which Alia mentioned earlier, Humanity First, was in the forefront there to help the victims.
1: Yes, and we did that to follow the example of the Holy Prophet, on whom be exactly. peace. He had set a precedent, hadn't he? That you help mm. the oppressed and you help the oppressor right. when they are in, when they when they are in times of need, and mm-hmm. you know. May Allah reward the Ahmadiyya Muslim community for that. Um, mm-hmm. So that, you know, one day we can practice our religion freely in Pakistan. I went to Pakistan recently. It is the most beautiful country. It has mm-hmm. the most beautiful, you know, lovely food, honestly, and <laughs> everything. We enjoyed it so much. Um, and yet, you know, we could, or we had have, we have this almost cloud above us because we cannot tell anybody who we really are. You know, we, um, I went to Rabwa, our um, headquarters in Pakistan. There is no prayer, right? No prayer call mm. that comes out from the mosques. Only the men are allowed to attend the mosque. Because it's so the dangerous. you Because it's so dangerous, isn't it? Absolutely. They are not allowed because of the threat. Um And mm. it's a very real threat. Obviously, after the attacks in 2010 on members of the mm. uh, Ahmadi Muslim community, you would have thought, like Reem was saying, that um, you know Ahmadi uh, Ahmadi Muslims would not help Pakistanis in need, but that is exactly what they did when there was an earthquake and in. Also, Aliya,
2: you can mention also our heart. Uh, yes. Heart
1: Institute. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Daheart Institute, it is staffed by volunteer doctors, most of them. They come from America to perform life saving operations and anybody is welcome to come and have treatment there. So and not if only they Ahmed are poor, no no, anybody. Anyone from anywhere. Um I know somebody who came from a different country and they went there mm-hmm. to have their treatment, you know, so it's anybody. Yeah. So it's up to you. If you can afford it, you are encouraged to make a donation. But if you cannot afford it, it is free. So wow. uh, you know, I mean, the, where can you find things like that, yeah. right? This is only
2: among the followers of the truth. Yes, Islam.
1: it's true. It's true. Because in this a country is what that oppresses is them. Islam is telling us to do exactly in a country yeah. that oppresses them that doesn't even think that they deserve to be treated as as humans with basic rights of freedom of religion and freedom of expression and freedom of conscience.
2: So yeah. that's why the Holy Prophet Islam <clears throat> also said that you have to <clears throat> treat others. Yes. In the way like you are, you have, you want, like you to want be to be
1: treated. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
2: And so that's thank why you our so much as well, uh, Shazia, before yes. you end. Love for please, all. Yes, love for all, hatred for none. Hatred for means, none. Even if we hate yes. the action of someone, it does not yes. mean we hate them personally, or we are not no. there for no. their help, and, and uh, we're not
1: going to help them when they need No, it. We absolutely. Will be there for that's them. what it means. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So um, we're coming to the end of the show. So thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for the panelists for such an interesting discussion. Unity in Islam means the negation of all else except God. When one believes that there is no all-encompassing power except God's, it negates all other powers as being subservient to his power. And as such, all beliefs spring from this most central of all concepts in Islam. All goodness springs from God. When all we do is for the sake of Allah, The sake of god and to win his pleasure we are at peace with our actions and we don't want to hurt each other or hurt anybody else as this will lead to allah's displeasure peace is due to the submission to the will of god and that is why the word islam is translated both as peace and submission to the will of god the islamic concept of unity also in man the realization of the oneness of the human species and does away with all such barriers as we've discussed that divide man into racial ethnic and color denominations. This gives birth to the universal concept of equality in Islam, which in its distinctive feature, if we are united and want the best for our brothers and sisters in humankind, life becomes easy. Mm-hmm. In relation to the problem in Gaza, the, His Holiness, Hazrat Mirza Mustafa ahmed may Allah be his helper, said, if the Muslims unite and are as one, they will have a strong, impactful voice. Otherwise, the Muslim governments would be responsible for the deaths of innocent Muslims. Always keep the saying of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, in mind. And this should be borne in mind by the major powers as well, that we must help both the oppressor and the oppressed. We must understand the importance of this injunction. I'd like to thank our listeners for staying with us during this discussion. And thank you again, ladies, for helping us to get there. Thank you. Thank you. If you would like to join the discussion, please tweet us at voice of Islam UK using the hashtag VOI peace. Thank you for listening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings be on you all.